Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days. This is your host, Chris Gouts, and I'm flying solo uh, for the time being. Uh, Greg's away on assignment. And so today we're going to replay an episode, uh, an interview that we did uh, back a few months ago with uh, Deputy Warden Noah Nagy when we were at DRC, when we were talking about the RAP program. And we thought that we would, we, the reason we wanted to, to replay this episode is that it's especially timely right now, and we wanted to provide you with an update on how the program is doing. So those of you familiar with RAP, and if you aren't, if you aren't, we're, g- we're going to get into it in just a few minutes, but there are now 114 men from Wayne County who are now living in the city, living, living around Wayne County, at home with their families, uh, working in the community rather than sitting in a prison cell right now. That's a great testament to the success that this program's had over the past year, so much so that Governor Snyder saw the value in it and wants to expand it to the west side of the state uh, and put in his recommended budget $1.5 million to do that. So what did the Senate do? Not only did the Senate vote to not allow for the expansion to the west side of the state, they also cut the funding to end this program in Detroit. So uh, the weird thing is, is that all but four uh, GOP senators uh, voted for this plan uh, t- to go along with these cuts. That means that every senator who represents Wayne County voted to end this great program. And we don't think it's because they don't see the value. We think it's probably because they didn't understand exactly what was in it and weren't told uh, by the Senate exactly what they would be voting for. So if you see value in this program, we would encourage uh, you to, to let Senator Pros know that, but also to tell your senators from Wayne County, especially what is actually in this bill and, and what they voted to cut. You know, a number of Wayne County judges have been touring uh, the RAP program in the last few days, and some of them have already been there, but they came away loving the program. They saw the individuals that they had sentenced uh, from their courts and saw how they were doing in this program. Uh, and they're looking to send more people to it. So they walked away very impressed uh, from their tours, but they also left confused and a little upset as to why Senator Prost wants to end this program and instead send more people to prison. So now we're going to listen to this interview that I did uh, with Noah a few months ago with uh, Agent Verlinda Winston, who runs the RAP program at DRC. But before we do that, quickly, I just wanted to mention to you some plans for next week, and that's uh, for next week's show. Uh, and that's where Director Washington and I will be on Mackinac Island at the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Policy Conference. And there, Director Washington is going to be talking with, with business leaders from around the state uh, about the vocational village and encouraging them to take tours and to hire our parolees um, out of this program. And she'll also be talking with the media. So hopefully, as you hear this podcast uh, throughout uh, this this coming week, you're going to be seeing uh, and hearing quite a bit from Director Washington uh, as we're up uh, at the conference and talking with reporters uh, and talking with business leaders and hopefully encouraging more people to uh, to take part in the village and to hire uh, these guys once they get out. So the, the Mackinac Policy Conference is definitely not a place that the MDOC has been before, as far as we know. So I think we're going to get a lot of attention because of that. But it also speaks to the efforts that Director Washington goes to making the case uh, for the vocational village and to push for offender success uh, wherever uh, we can make that pitch. So speaking of offender success and the vocational village, uh, please stick around at the end of this episode where Holly Kramer from our office here is going to be talking about um, the newsletter that's con- that just came out. And she's going to be talking about the incredibly successful 
Vocational Village open house that we just had in Ionia. And she's going to give a report on that. So stay tuned uh, at the end of the interview about the RAP program to hear all about uh, the open house that we just had. So more on the the Vocational Village, uh, the Mackinac Policy Conference uh, next week. Um, But until then, uh, let's get into our interview that Noah and I did uh, on the RAP program. Uh, this is a unique facility, and this is uh, we have staff here that are doing great, great things, and we have offenders that are, are, are turning their lives around and, and, and going out and being successful in the community. You know, one of the things that's in the budget that the, the governor uh, put in there as one of his recommendations is for the creation of what, what we call the, the West Side Wrap. And so we thought, what better place to to uh, continue that conversation about uh, the budget and, and what that could look like would be to come here to DRC where the original uh, RAP program uh, came from. Uh, and so we're going to talk with Noah and, and well some of his staff uh, about that uh, great program and how it's come along because it's been almost a year to the day uh, since that started. So uh, we wanted to learn how this one is working so we have a better understanding of how uh, the West Side one would function if that uh, ends up getting final approval in the budget. And it has been, you know, something that has been very successful. It's 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 a opportunity for these probation violators, one last chance before possibly going to prison, you know, and, and creating a situation where, you know, they're in programming, they're getting job skills, they're getting certifications, and we're going to hear about that later on. But they're they're getting all kinds of things to put in their toolbox so when they do complete this program. They have the opportunity to go out there and be successful. They've learned how to think. They've learned how to handle a difficult situation. They've learned uh, job skills so that they, they're more employable. You know, it's glad, I'm glad to see that this is something that is expanding and on the west side of the state, and hopefully it, it will be as successful. I'm sure it will be just as successful on the west side of the state as here in, uh, in Detroit at the Detroit Reentry Center in Wayne County. So looking forward to that, and, and as I said, it is a great honor to be back here with you, Chris. Well, we're, we're glad to have you, and, you know, I should have mentioned this at the top, but, you know, another reason why we wanted to come here is that uh, this podcast is really the kickoff to an offender success series that we're starting, and so uh, we're going to start by talking about RAP, uh, and then we're going to move into some other areas, uh, such as our truck driving uh, school program that we have going on. Uh, we were going to talk about, we're going to talk to some former offenders and what they've done with their lives to turn their lives around after coming through some, some of the programming at, DR, at DRC. And we're also going to be talking uh, about the, the second vocational village and with that starting up uh, in Jackson. So there's a lot coming up in the next, I would say, month or month and a half. So each week uh, for the next uh, month and a half or so, it's going to be focused on offender success like we are every day uh, at the department, but really putting a, a laser-like focus on some of the programs that we have that really uh, push us towards the idea of offender success. So I guess with that, uh, we'll, we'll get into uh, our discussion on the, uh, the RAP program. Well, Chris, as we were talking about in the opening, uh, today we, we have Verlinda uh, Winston, who is our, our RAP agent here at DRC. And RAP, as we talked about, stands for Wayne County Residential Alternative to Prison uh, Program. And it's, it's set up for probation violators out of Wayne County. Uh, back last year, almost a year ago, just over a year ago today, uh, we received our first uh, probation violators here at DRC. We received six offenders that were sentenced out of Wayne County on a probation violation to participate in the RAP program. And as Verlinda will talk about here shortly, uh, the, the RAP program is generally about 120 to 180 days and, and consists of 
programming that anywhere from high low to uh, uh, hospitality management program and uh, GD programming. Verlinda has done a good job of, you know, one of the things that we deal with, the majority of the probation violators have never been to prison. And while this is, as we've talked about in other episodes, this is a, a, a facility that has a kind of a makeup of all offenders in our system. We have pro-lease, pro-violators, uh, prisoners. We also have probation violators. A good job of, of, of taking these guys and explaining to them how things operate within this facility and getting them to then uh, accept being here. You know, this is not, you know, something that is uh, customary for a probation violator to deal with. You know, they may go to a county jail, but to come into a facility and, and, and fit in, you know, learn kind of the ways of how the facility operates and then, you know, engage in programming and not just, you know, a couple hours a day. These folks uh, are busy. From nine in the morning to you know sometimes eight at night. Uh, now with our GD programming, they're going uh, sometimes seven days a week. You know their their schedule is pretty hectic, and this is you know a situation where some of these offenders have not necessarily had uh, uh, you know some of these uh, type schedules and, and some of the requirements and, and the expectations that we expect on these guys as, uh, on a uh, daily basis. And for Linda. Uh, you've done a great job in this last year of, of really getting these guys to to uh, accept the programming, engage in the programming, and, and and learn learn what they need to learn and get out there and be successful. Can you tell us, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more about what type of programming the offenders are participating in? Okay. Well, thank you. First of all, I would like to say thank you for the compliment. Um, Basically, um, these guys, like you said, are sent is sentenced here by Wayne County um, Third Circuit Court to uh, complete our program, and they're offered. Well, they earn three certifications, um, and with the help of the community resources sources such as the Guidance Center, KPEP, and Workforce Development and Office of Community um, Corrections, uh, they help them along with this. But uh, the Guidance Center um, offers um, two certifications in safe serve and in hospitality. And um, KPEP, that's being taught basically um, two different courses. They're being taught in two different courses, which is um, the MRT and CTC, which MRT is Moral Recognition Therapy. Recognition, I was told, was a made-up word, so don't try to look that one up. So, and CTC is the Courage to Change. And um, also, workforce development, they help them develop in uh, their resumes and help them with community resources as far as helping them find jobs um, after they leave the Detroit Reentry Center. And also, um, the Office of Community Corrections, they help them um, with different things such as uh, a housing um, problem. If, they don't, if they're homeless, they'll help them find housing when they leave here also. So, and um, also, these guys are taught at a sixth grade level. It's a very intense program. I mean, very intense, as uh, Deputy Nagy said. You know, it is very intense. They're um, from and programming anywhere from nine to nine at night. 
you know, seven days a week. So we just, and it became seven days a week because they just implemented, we just implemented the GED program. So, you know, it's very intense. Now, Berlinda, the, the START program, which is the Skills, Task, and result, Results Training Program, is a hospitality program that is going 10 weeks. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. 10 weeks, and, and the ultimate goal of that is they're, they're getting a certification, uh, hospitality certification, and that, that they take an exam, right? Yes. The exam is generally made up of, of I believe it's 50 multiple-choice questions at the end, and it, these folks need to uh, get a 70% or higher, and this is uh, something that is, uh, the scores are uh, graded by the American Hotel Lodging Institute. And when they walk out of here, as, as Verlinda said, if they've completed this 10-week course, they're, they're, they get a certification in hospitality and tourism and the SurfSafe certification. So we're creating a, a situation where uh, they have the potential to uh, go into that industry and spending 10 weeks getting educated on that and learning about that. But also... Uh, adding the GD piece now. Wayne County Community College District is doing the GD programming. Yes, and that is something that they're working with both uh, guys that are, are kind of the basic education as well as guys that are are pretty close to getting their GD. Can you go into uh, their schedule as far as the GD programming? Okay, they're in GD programming um, Mondays, every every Monday, Fridays, and Saturdays. Okay, so every other Sunday. And we currently have approximately 27 um, of the guys that are in the GED program. And we've divided them up into two separate um, groups. So, you know, to make the teaching kind of easy. So you have the START program. You have the GED programming. You're also working in the MRT and CTC programming. And we also have a high-low program. Is that correct? That's correct. So what is a daily... Uh, what's a day look like in the in the life of a probationer at DRC? Wow, <laughs> I mean, they wake up, they eat breakfast. Um, first of all, they make their beds. You know, I'm, I'm a stickler on you know following the housing unit rules, so you know they have to have their bed bed made up, and then they're um, they're on their way to their call outs. So um, some of the individuals are scheduled for hospitality or um, in the morning, and some are scheduled for MRT or CTC in the morning. So it all depends on where they're at, because they're all um, at different levels, and they're all doing different things, you know, right now. So it's, it's very hectic. Their scheduling is very hectic, but, you know, we get the job done. So this has been going on for, for a year now, and I think, you know, for a lot of these guys, this was kind of viewed as their, their last chance. You know, they were prison-bound, but they were, they were brought here. Um, for those that, you know, you've been talking with, what kind of sense do you get from, from talking with them? You know, do they, are they getting something out of this? Do they appreciate, you know, do they recognize the, the, the chance that they're getting? And, and they, I would hope that they would appreciate that rather than maybe getting sent to prison or getting sent to, to jail for this violation. Instead, you know, they're coming here. And they're not just doing dead time, you know, they're, they're learning a skill. I mean, what, what do you get a sense from them when you talk to them about this? Well, I'm actually, I'm getting a, a great sense of gratitude from these guys because 
you know, they, they've been given a, you know, and they've been even, they've been told this by the parolees too, that man, you know, you guys are definitely getting a second chance. You know, I wish we had the opportunity to get this chance, you know, when we were coming through, you know, the system in the beginning, because it might've changed a lot of, um, different, a lot of people's mind, individuals' mindsets. So, you know, um, they really love it. You know, they're, they're glad to be able to have this opportunity to earn all these certifications. What, what kind of numbers are we looking at so far now that we've been a year into the program? How many people have gone through it? How many have successfully completed it or, or gotten some sort of uh, certification uh, before they've uh, left with Okay. Left well, currently we have 107 um, total participants to date, um, 41 current that are currently here at DRC. And our program is uh, made up of 48 probationers at a time, so we can only house up to 48. Um, and we have 52 successful completements. So, um, complete, completions, I'm sorry, completions. Now, what, what happens on the, uh, on the outside once they leave here and they've, you know, they've gotten their certification, whether it's HILO or SurfSafe or something like that, um, what kind of uh, connections do they have out in the community uh, or with their agent to find them a job? Uh, with lined up with associated with the skill that they learned here okay well right now all of our um, the the individuals especially um, the guidance center they make sure they keep up with um, these guys and they call them and they schedule them for um, job interviews so it just doesn't happen here at DRC they follow them after they leave here to make sure that they're successful in the community and if they're um, sentenced back on probation once they go see their judge when they leave here if they're sentenced to um, probation then they still keep up with them as we as we talked about in, in the open you know part of the reason why we wanted to come today is that in in the this year's budget proposal the governor is recommending that we have money to open up a west side wrap and and for for your counterpart if we get this funding that's going to start this sometime you know, after october once the new fiscal year starts well i guess what advice would you have for for that individual that's going to be in your position but also just the, the staff uh, at large you know as you roll this out you know some of the the trials and tribulations you had getting this started what, what advice would you give them to make it a success it just have patience um it's, it takes a lot of patience um you have to have a good team you know, the officers, you know, I do, I want to mention the officers that I work with um, in the housing unit. That really helps out, you know, a lot, them knowing those guys. Because, like we said earlier, these guys haven't been sentenced um, to prison before. So they really don't know what um, this type of environment entails. And it helps when you have, you know, a team that can help you out with that. And, um, you know, just just enjoying you know what you're doing you know it's uh it's a lot of hard work it is definitely and you have to be dedicated you have to be dedicated you know and just do this you know the the gratification that i get out of it is just knowing that um we're providing the tools for these guys to go out into the community and be successful and you know and and is is ultimately up to the individual if they're going to be successful when they leave here or not, you know. But we did provide them the tools. You know, Chris, and, and just to to talk, uh, carry on from what Berlinda was saying. You know, it, it, each housing unit that you walk into here at DRC is a little different. You have the probationers in the one housing unit. 
You may have uh, substance abuse uh, treatment in another unit. You may have domestic violence and programming in another unit. You know, and then we, we we ask and require a lot of our staff to to get a good understanding of what it is and who it is they're working with and what they're what the reason they're at DRC is is for, and to understand that, learn that, and then work with them so that they can help and cultivate and create a change for these guys, a way of thinking. So that and so understanding the probationer compared to the parole violator is somewhat challenging. And Verlinda has done a, a great job in working with the officers in the housing unit and making sure they understand what we're trying to accomplish. accomplish. And our officers, uh, on the other end, have been willing to learn. You know, and credit to them, they've been willing and accepting of learning uh, what it is we're trying to accomplish. And, and they've done a great job in putting these guys in the best uh, position to succeed. Uh, you know, it's four to six months here, but we know that that's just a small piece in the, in the big picture. And, and so, it, you know, agents like Verlinda who, who have taken the time and taken a task on, like this is definitely a unique situation and new, unique program. And for Verlinda and our officers to be willing to put so much time and effort in to create uh, the opportunity for these guys to participate in this programming, get some certifications in high level, possibly get a GED, get a hospitality uh, certification, serve safe certification. You know, participate in programming where they're working on the way of thinking and, and understanding why they committed the crime and how they, you know, in the, if they're faced with that situation again, how can they change that thought pattern so that they're successful moving forward? And you know, understanding how to talk to people, as Verlinda talked about, getting up, make your bed. Some of the things that you know we take for granted, you know, are, are things that you know changing their way of daily life and and the way they think and approach things on a daily basis and, and putting in a big commitment to something. You know, sometimes it's easy to say, ah, heck with it, I quit, you know, this is too hard. You know, we have guys that get to that point, but Verlinda and our officers sit down and talk, talk to them, talk them through it, you know, understand, you know, if you don't complete this, this is what you're possibly facing. If you do complete this, this is your chances to succeed uh, moving forward in life. And, uh, so it's been very rewarding to see these guys participate, very rewarding to see our staff uh, so willing to work uh, with all these offenders in, in this environment. And, and, uh, and they've done a great job, and I think we're going to start re reaping the benefits statewide uh, of this type of program. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. No, I mean, the, the staff here, I mean, it, this is a really unique facility. It's a very dynamic facility. There's so much going on, like you said. And so it really takes dedicated individuals who are really understand, uh, you know, what they're doing and how that, uh, how that spreads out throughout the entire administration, but also, you know, throughout the entire state and the impact that that has. So I want to really commend you and the work that you're doing. It really does make a difference. And you know, we can't wait to hopefully get this started uh, on the west side uh, and bring more people into this. Um, you know, divert them away from prison, but not just not just divert them. This isn't some sort of program to, to save money by saving you know beds in uh, in prison. This is about making sure that they never come here. You know, that they've they've gotten to a point where they're almost on the verge. They've messed up enough where you know they've violated. Mm -hmm. They could be potentially sent here, but a judge has has saw value in this program uh, and I think it's because of the amount of work that's gone into it to to get that buy-in and there's been a lot of work on that front you know to get them to, to see you know the value in this so I think the more we have programs like this uh, the more people we're gonna 
you know, that are going to leave here with a skill uh, and with a better understanding and better attitude, uh, and hopefully we'll never see them again. <laughs> Which, yes. as nice as they may be, we, we don't like repeat customers, as we like to say. <laughs> so I think this is one more way in which we're doing that and another, another great program that uh, the MDOC is uh, taking part in. So thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for coming on today. Thank you. I appreciate that. Life is different for Kenneth Eason these days. He gets up, he goes to work, and he takes a moment to think about how grateful he is for how far he has come. Eason is one of the first graduates of the department's vocational village at Richard A. Hanlon Correctional Facility. The Skilled Trades Training Program is the first of its kind for the department, and it celebrated its one-year anniversary with an open house this month. The event gave business representatives from across the state a chance to tour the program, and it gave Eason an opportunity to share how it changed his life. He returned to speak about his experience in the vocational village before the day's tour began. The life I live, I never really like been on the right path and doing the right things in life. I ain't gonna lie. I, I've been in prison, y'all all know that. So for me to get out there and actually be able to get up, go to work, spend time with my daughter, stuff like that, be able to make an honest living and, and still provide without doing wrong and still be the same real me, genuine me, I, I'm blessed. I feel like, you know, it was a good opportunity for me, and I, I'm glad that I actually stuck through it. I go to work every day. I work as much overtime as, you know, that, that my body is able to, to, to work and go through, and I come home, and I live. I still do the same things I was doing before I, I came to prison, except for I don't make the same bad choices. I don't hang with the same people, and I, 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 I'm just my own man now. Director Heidi Washington said she's proud of the program's success training prisoners in trades like welding, CNC machining, automotive technology, carpentry, plumbing, and electrical work. A second vocational village site will be opening at Parnell Correctional Facility this year. This is a really exciting day. Every day that I get the opportunity to come here and be a part of the vocational village is one of the best days of my week. And so I'm very proud of this program. I'm pr very proud of the staff. I'm very proud of the, the prisoners, the guys, and I'm very proud of everything that we're doing to build relationships and work together uh, to create success for you and for our employers. Nearly 70% of the prisoners who trained in the vocational village are employed, and Eason is one of them. He works for the Holland, Michigan-based manufacturer Hayworth. Sharon Nettolipsky, a recruitment and member effectiveness manager for Hayworth, told prisoners in the vocational village that she hoped they had a vision for their future and pursued it with determination. The message I want to send to, to you, graduates and those going through vocational village, is have that vision. Have that vision of where you're going to be and be dogged about it. Your opportunity are the employers that are sitting in this room. There is nothing that you cannot achieve, and the only person holding yourself back is you. Read this story and more in the May edition of the Corrections Connection newsletter. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at MichiganDOC as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. 
and you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.